need a bigger boat. What a lovely day! I'm having an old friend for dinner. You are a toy! She wouldn't even have a fly. You can't handle the truth! I'll be back. English motherfucker, do you speak it? Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Welcome back to another Blind Spot bonus. You guys have been getting quite a few of those this month. You've gotten, you've gotten at least two so far. <laughs> I'm trying to remember how many we did last month. I think it was just the one. I think yeah, so. Yeah, we did our review of It Chapter 2. So now we are here with another review for you with another movie about a clown. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. <laughs> just not the child-eating kind. More but very the, disturbing. It was still very disturbing. Good Lord. We are talking about Joker, of course. The new, the latest DC extended universe film starring, which I, I really don't count this in DC extended universe. Because like that's what a lot of people I've heard have been saying. is like, how are they going to fit this into Batman or Wonder Woman? like, they don't need to. Well, I was going to say, Todd Phillips has come out, the director has come out and said he does not expect this Joker to end up in the film with Robert Pattinson. I, he doesn't I would, want that to happen. I would not expect that. But, I mean, I, <clears throat> we'll talk about this a little bit later on, but one of the points I made was maybe the age difference could be right for that. If if, if, if he, I've, I've heard that um, you know Joaquin Phoenix at first was saying he did not want to do another Joker movie. This was going to be the only one. But then I've heard that he might have changed his mind on that. Oh, I don't know. Okay. That I don't know. I just know the director came out and said that he doesn't expect him to enter that universe. I, would not, I wouldn't expect alone. it either just because he would not fit in in anything. Like no. I, to see you know, him in a movie with Batman or Harley Quinn or any of that, like that, it would not work out. Not in that universe. Not it, in that universe. This would have to be a in alternate slightest. universe type stuff where they bring in their own versions right. of those characters. So... This movie just came out Friday, and we actually both went to the very first showing we could at 10 a.m. on a Friday and uh, left the theater going, oh, my God. I personally think this may be the best movie I have seen this year. I think I think it may have dethroned Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm not but let's, ready to say that yet. But, okay. but let's but let's talk about it first. So this movie obviously stars Joaquin Phoenix as Arthur Fleck. As Arthur Fleck, yes. yes. In case you guys didn't know, the Joker actually has a name. Now, was his name Arthur Fleck in the Killing Joke? That was was that his name? In I don't think so. I don't I think, think it was this either. Is, this is this, this is like a totally different take yeah take on the Joker. Yes. So Arthur Fleck. We have as um obviously uh, like I said Joaquin Phoenix. You have Robert De Niro as Murray Franklin. Mm-hmm. You have Francis Conroy as his mother Penny Fleck, mm-hmm. who I recognized immediately. You're gonna have to help me with that, like, but but Zazie Beetz as Sophie Dumont or Dumont, I guess it's Dumont. I think it's Dumont. That was um she was Domino in right. uh, Deadpool, Deadpool two. two. Yes, that's the only thing I've seen her in. And then out uh, after that, I just have the director Todd Phillips because he did Road Trip. Uh-huh. Old school yeah. hangover movies. These, yeah, this is these, <laughs> this is like what the hell did where did this come from? This guy's been directing a bunch of dumb comedies, and then all now now I did want to see War Dogs, but I never got to see it. That was, was oh that it, was his too. Yeah, that was that okay, was his I too. didn't see that. Um, I've heard his, he's done some like serious docs documentaries, okay. but I'm not sure. Interesting. So yeah. As usual with reviews, we're going to do a spoiler-free section first where we just kind of talk about the basic overview and um, give our thoughts on the movie, give our our scores for it, and then from there we will have a spoiler section. So this movie follows Arthur Fleck as he just tries to live his life, basically. (laughs) The poor guy... He, he he just can't seem to catch a break ever. He can tell looked, he's been in and out of mental institutions mm-hmm, because the begin the um you, you know you see the part the part of this in the, in one of the trailers him talking with his therapist, and you, we see that he has been in a 
mental but, institution before. And his therapist is just a typical social worker. She is yeah. not a therapist. She's not. Really. Yeah, she's not yeah. really a therapist. She's just there to talk about his feelings and mm. and see how he's doing. How's his life? How's work going? And it's just because she's mandated to talk to him every week. Yeah, she doesn't really care either. Pretty much. Either she doesn't care, or she just doesn't have the the right tool set to be a good therapist. <clears throat> so. Little bit by little bit, things start happening. More and more stuff starts going wrong in his life until he eventually becomes the Joker. And they don't even call him the Joker in the movie. They just call him Joker. And it's based on someone making fun of him, which yeah. we'll get to later. And that, that yeah, someone making... Him, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, why he goes by that name. I was I was very surprised when I heard that Joaquin Phoenix was going to be J- the Joker. Yes. I, I I I don't really. I he's he's a name I've always known. The first movie I ever saw him in was Gladiator. Yep. Same here. And of course he did. He was Johnny Cash in Walk the Line. He was great in that. He, he was the voice of Keen Eye in Brother Bear, which I thought was an all right movie. That was an old Disney movie. Yeah, I've heard. Um, I've never seen it. And like, apart from that, like. I've seen him. What was the one he did last year? Was it? You were never really here. You were never really here. That was it. I saw him in that and he did a great job in that movie, but the character he played me, when I, when I, when I, I went into that movie with very high expectations because the review I read of it said that it was like the best movie that you get. You saw the guy gave it a 10 out of 10 and said that like, you know, Oh, Joaquin Phoenix deserves best actor for this movie. And I cut, so it, I, I was a little let down by what I saw. It wasn't a bad movie. It was really interesting. It was kind of like a, re, a redux or a re-envisionment of Taxi Driver, which is very interesting because that's what Joker has been getting compared to a lot. It's been getting compared a lot to Taxi Driver and a movie, another Scorsese movie, which I had never heard of before this, called King of Comedy. Yeah, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Uh, I also think it has a, a good comparison with Falling Down with Michael Douglas. I don't know if you've seen that. I have not, but that's the one I've, I've I remember. I've seen. I I remember the poster for it. that's the one where he's like, you know, in the uh, the the poster is him kind of standing in the middle of this urban area with a shotgun. He's got like his briefcase in one hand and, a, and he's wearing his business suit. Wearing a, yeah, he's wearing a tie and suit. And yeah. Everything. yeah, yeah. I I have not seen that one. I've been meaning to, but it. I think okay. Joe Blow just recently did a, uh, the best movie you never saw on it. Oh yeah, that and, is that is a good movie, and I think that does kind of fit this. Yeah, I would I would say that because Arthur is just spending the first two thirds of this movie probably trying to convince himself that it's worth being a decent person. It is worth it's worth being alive. It's worth being alive. Yeah, because he is just so downtrodden. He is so beat up by life and everything. Until he eventually loses the, the last shred of hope he has, and that's when he becomes the Joker. He just doesn't care anymore. He has nothing holding him to this, this you know, societal norm, you know, the, the yep. law and order and stuff like that. He just finally loses it. Now, this movie was very interesting because he really, I mean, the, the main character of the movie is really the villain of the film. But yeah. at the same, and at the same time, you see what this poor guy's going through, and it's very relatable in a lot of ways. And yeah, I know a lot of people have a problem with that because they're making this villain, who's one of the best villains in you know comic. Oh, one book of the most history. iconic villains, yes. Yeah, but they're making him very sympathetic in this. At least they're trying to. Yeah, and I've heard where people are talking about this movie is going to spawn more. I believe the term was white male violence. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Really? Yeah. I didn't hear that, but that doesn't surprise I, I, me. I read that somewhere. <laughs> it, apparently, it had lost its Rotten Tomatoes fresh or certified fresh score at one time and then regained it. Oh. Like, I. Any movie that is about someone who's really who really goes off the deep end like this, it probably, of course, is going to because it's going to draw controversy. So right now, what's it sitting at at Rotten Tomatoes? It's got a 69 from the critic, but the audience, 91. So so it hasn't changed much from yesterday. Hasn't changed a lot, no. So, yeah, because it was 69 and 93, I, I think, think yes. when, we were, when we went to see it. 
while we're on that, this budget, this movie has a budget of fifty-five million. So to be considered a comic book movie, that is an extremely low budget. Yeah, but there's like no CG. No, no, no. I agree. No... This shouldn't be deemed a comic book movie. Yeah. Okay. But... Okay. We when we talked about our top five favorite films, The Dark Knight was in both our top fives, and I said I don't, I almost don't want to call this a comic book. movie. You did say that you considered a crime drama. It's a crime drama, yes. and this is like a psychological thriller. Oh, Calling abs- this absolutely. a comic book movie is a disservice. Yes. Completely it does agreed. not deserve to fall in. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love comic book movies. I love. I have all the Avengers movies and stuff like that. I love those movies. But this is on a totally different level. And speaking of the Dark Knight, obviously Heath Ledger's I, I, performance as the Joker is probably the most iconic right up there with with the movie. How many people have played the Joker? Uh, Cesar Romero in the old TV show. Jack Nicholson. Uh, Heath Ledger. Now, Mark Hamill did the voice Mark for Hamill. the Joker. Oh, well, they count those, though, when they do Joker Okay, well, he did a damn good Joker. He did. And Jared Leto. Damn. And we all know how that turned out, unfortunately. Womp, womp, womp. Yeah. Didn't turn out Well, you know, that, that, that'll lead me to this. I'm going to do my who could have been who. Yes, Because there were a couple other people rumored to play Joker. I don't know. I don't think they ever got into talks or anything. Mm-hmm. But DiCaprio was one of them. Holy shit. And, speaking of clowns, Bill Skarsgård was the other one. <laughs> Could you imagine if he had Pennywise and Joker come out in the I same could, year? Wow, that that would be amazing, actually, to to see him as two iconic scary clowns in one, yeah, so that, in one year. That would definitely be the bigger names. Uh, uh-huh. Viggo Mortensen turned down the role of Thomas Wayne in this movie. Really? Yep. And then Alec Baldwin originally had the role of Thomas Wayne. I could see Alec Baldwin playing Thomas Wayne. They announced it, and he had to drop out the very next day because of scheduling. Oh, no. And then for uh, the role of Sophie, mm-hmm. so Zazie Betts. Zazie Beats, I think. Zazie Beats, yes. That's how I say it. Shailene Woodley, which she was in, like, I think, Divergent series. Oh, I think I that's what seen she was any in. Of those. And then uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Dakota Johnson. We're also considered for that part. And a name you're familiar with, Frances McDormand from Three Billboards. Uh-huh. She turned down the role of Penny, the mom. Oh, see, well, the woman they got to play her looks almost, looks kind of like Frances McDormand or, or, um, ah, damn it, um, Hereditary. Um, Tony Collette. Tony Collette, thank you. Much Looked older like, Tony Collette. Yeah, like an older Tony Collette. Yeah, I, I recognized her immediately because she's in like every season of American Horror Story. Oh, so okay. as soon as she popped up, I was like, "Ooh, I know her." Frances Conroy's in every yes, okay. or at least most of them, if not every one of them. Well, I did see The Aviator, but I don't remember her. I did see Catwoman, unfortunately. Um, don't really. Okay, she's in Castle Rock. I keep meaning to watch that. Yeah, and I don't remember in Catwoman. I saw that, but I saw that like one time. One time in I watched theaters. a bootleg of it. Oh, and I saw it in theaters, thinking I was gonna like it. That was that was a mistake. See, that's one of those movies where I'm like, I'm not even sure if that counts as a DC movie because her name was not Selena Kyle in the movie. That's Catwoman. <laughs> this was somebody else. Anyways, we're not talking about Catwoman. We're talking about a good movie. We're talking about Joker. So this this movie's got a. I, I love. Because, like, they don't really tell you exactly what year this takes place in, but they give you enough visual cues and hints, like, with stuff like old technology and cars, and I love the fact that it opened with the old-school Warner Brothers emblem. And see, that made me think this movie took place in the 70s. That's what I thought. But I've looked up things, and it says, like, and if you read a synopsis, it says in the 1980s, so... Well, it must have been the very early Yeah, 80s. it had to be, because I thought 70s with that. Yeah. Because I saw that, I was like, okay, so this is taking place in the 70s. And, but, but they had stuff like, you know, they didn't have a color TV in the house, but they did have like, uh, they did have an answering machine. So I don't know when answering machines became a thing. That was I'm obviously not, before my time. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, so I, I don't really know how much we can talk about this movie without getting into spoilers. That's what I was thinking. I mean. So how about we just go ahead and give our one, what out of 10, what would you rate this movie as? I've already done my letterbox rating, and mm-hmm. it is a 9 out of 10 right now. I'm going to so. go with that, too. Oh, this... see, I put Once Upon a Time at a 10. I, oh, I love that movie. That's why I, I haven't put it above it yet. Okay. Well, if I could, I'd say maybe a 9.5 out of 10. Like, there was, there was only a couple things in this movie that made me kind of go, really? Come on. <laughs> and, and some of those are just, it's in every, like in every movie. They're not even... So, so 
This ends our spoiler-free section of Joker. If you've made it this far, let us just say, go see this movie. Oh, absolutely. Like, now. Like, stop <laughs> listening and go see this movie if you haven't seen it already. And come back. And then come back and listen to the rest of us. Yes. Um, so, spoiler section begins now. So, I was very surprised that this movie opened with a scene that we saw in the trailers, you know, where, where he's sitting there putting on his makeup. I mean, he works as a clown. Yeah, this is a weird company, I thought. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just like clown a clown for company. hire. Yeah, clown. I mean, I, like, think, I think stuff like this really happens or, or really exists. Like, you, you know, you can hire clowns for birthday parties or clowns right. for stuff and like that. But, I guess, but I mean, you know, obviously he starts off as a clown at like a furniture going out of business place. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's, he's, they he's, go he's, off, he's the they one go outs- to hospitals. Yeah, I they, mean, they go everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was... A little strange, but yes, it starts off with the scene from the trailer. Yeah, where he's sitting there, like, putting on his makeup, but you can tell he's crying at yep. the same time. And he's, like, sitting there holding his cheeks up and making himself smile. smile. Yep. That is so much of this movie where he is just forcing himself to put on a happy face. But one thing about it, once he's in the clown makeup mm-hmm. and he's at the furniture store going out of business, spinning the sign, he's dancing, mm-hmm. he's enjoying this job. He is. He And he, he says this in the movie. He, he loves does, this job. Yes, he does say this later, yes. Um, now, of course, you see again in the trailer, you see where these punk kids, you know, t- knock him over and take his sign. I don't know why. I don't and, get that either. Yeah, I was like just being asshole kids just hey there's something there's there's someone we can pick on you know we have to we have to establish that this guy is just getting kicked every time he's down but also i will say this movie something everybody needs to know this movie has an unreliable narrator because you were looking at this through the joker's perspective right because as we see after these kids you know take a sign Mm -hmm. he he chases them a long time Mm -hmm. he does a lot of running in this movie. he does and even when he's not in his clown shoes, it kind of looks like he's running in clown shoes, is mm-hmm. what I kept thinking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he does a lot of running, and they eventually, obviously, they smack him in the face with him, beat the shit out right, of him. Right, like you saw in the trailer. Yeah. Oh, oh is that in the trailer? That, that was in the very first teaser trailer. I did not okay. watch the second trailer, because I'm getting to be like you, where I don't want to watch too many trailers, because I'm afraid of what they'll show, Yeah. what they'll give away. <laughs> yes. Because um, I didn't even realize that scene was in there. I did see the putting on the makeup and forcing the smile stuff. Yeah, because like I mean, you, you at that point in the trailer, you hear what he says to his to his therapist when he's like, "Is it just me, or is it getting crazier out there?" Oh, okay. So yeah, we go from that scene of him getting the crap kicked out of him to his therapist, and this was so unreal at first because I could not figure out if he was laughing or crying. Yeah, I couldn't either. Because he's he not starts, smiling. I, I think it kind of, yeah, it's a combination goes it's, into both. Right. So, yes. yeah, and, and he's, you know, just at his therapist's office, and he says that line, is it me, or are things going, are things getting crazier? And yeah. she wants to see his journal. She asks about this journal, and he hands it to her. And it's just got all this crazy writing and, like, cut out pictures of naked women in it and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and one thing it says. It reminded the, uh, me of Patrick Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what it made me think. Yes, of. it does have that feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got crazy lines like "Maybe my life will make more sense," spelled C-E-N-T-S, like the money. Yes, yes. once I'm de- dead, or yeah. however he worded it, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. So, just some very dark stuff. And of course, he's saying that these are supposed to be jokes because he's working on being a stand-up comedian. Right. Right. So now. He asks her if she, if the doctor can up his medication, and she says you're on like seven, seven different medications right now. And and then so from there, you know he's he's home or he's 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 riding the train. He rides the train home. He he goes to the he goes to the to the um, uh, pharmacist to get his medication, and then you see this just long ass stairway. That he I has would to not climb. want to walk this I every day. I would not want to walk that way. I would probably be a lot thinner than I am if I did have to walk that every day. Which he definitely is. I oh did not God. realize he did this for this movie. Yeah. I had not heard about it. Like, he must have been on the Christian Bale diet. or Exactly the- <laughs> what I thought. I was like, is he the machinist in this? Yeah. The Christian Bale or the da- the Dallas Buyers Club diet. That's got to be oh, what God. they call it or something like Jeez. that. Jeez. Because he is just skin and bones. I didn't realize this. That you didn't? Had, I did not hear that he had went through this transformation. Okay, well, again, I think they showed part of that in the trailer. Like so. some, Because he just looks like a skeleton. It is so yeah. creepy. Yeah. And 
so yeah, but he's just trudging up these stairs to get to his crappy little apartment that he shares with his mom. He checks the mailbox. There's nothing in it. And the first thing she says when he comes in the door is, did you check the mail? And he's like, yeah, mom, there was nothing in the mail again. Yeah, you can tell he, this is an everyday thing. Yeah. Every and, day he knows to check the mail. Mm-hmm. She still pesters him about it every day. And every like day there's nothing in no. the mail. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this is just this crappy little apartment. There's graffiti all over the place. And he he lives with his mother. His mother is, they, they say she's not well, but they don't really specify what is wrong with her. Right. She's just, she's not even bedridden. No. But they, they just share an apartment. I would say she seems apartment ridden. Yeah, <laughs> no, apartment It doesn't ridden. seem like she leaves. It doesn't seem like she leaves at all. I don't, I think the one, there's one time in the movie where she leaves. Does not go well. Yes, it does not. <laughs> so, back at work the next day. Well, they, first of all, they sit down, they, this is where they first watch Murray Franklin, isn't Oh, it? yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, they So, work. he idolizes this Murray Franklin guy who's kind of like an old school Jay Leno or just yeah, late night like TV being show. being in Gotham in New York, you would mm-hmm. think Letterman, mm-hmm. but I definitely got Jay Leno vibes in the delivery. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah he, so. he seemed a lot like Jay Leno, and this yeah. was played by Robert De Niro. It's, it's a great role. Oh, yeah. I love I mean, it. Robert De Niro is great in just about everything I think I've ever seen him in. I can't think of many where's many times where I was like, "Oh, Robert De Niro was not good in that movie." <laughs> I don't think that thought has ever crossed my mind before. So he, they're watching this, and they're sitting on the, they're sitting in the. I think they share a. That's bed. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I, I they was actually like, share a bed. Um, so he is. They're sitting there watching this. He has brought her her TV dinner on a tray, and they're sitting watching the show. And all of a sudden, it cuts to like. Like you're there, not watching it through the TV, but you're actually there, there. for the taping of the show. And yep. he and, and Arthur is in the audience, so of course he's excited when when this Larry um, Murray Franklin Murray, not Murray. Okay, not not Larry. I was about to say Larry. This Murray guy comes out and he just yells, "I love you, Murray!" And <laughs> Murray's like, "Oh, who said that?" He turns up the lights like, and puts the spotlight on. Yeah. yeah, tells him that you know, and 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 he stands up and says something about, "Yes, my mother always told me that I was put here to make people smile, yeah, and yeah. I want to be a comedian too, just like you." And and Murray's like, "Oh, that's so great! Come down here," and you know, like, and hugs him and you know, tells him, "I wish I had a son like you." Yeah. And I at this point I was like, "This has got to be a dream or something." Right. Yeah. Which it was. It was just a fantasy. It was something in his head because it immediately cuts back to him and, and the he's still watching apartment, the TV. Yeah. Watching the TV. Yes. Yep. So we get that this guy is really obsessed with with you know obviously fantasizing about something he can't have, right? Or he doesn't have. So the next day at work, one of his one of his fellow clowns tells him like, "Hey man, I heard about what happened." Now, did you recognize this guy? No. The other Randall? clown, Randall. That's the guy that gives him the gun? The guy who gives him the gun. He gives him a paper bag that's got a thirty-eight revolver and a bunch of bullets in it. And and and, and Arthur's like, God, we, we can't have guns. We can't carry guns. Well, see, I was wondering if he's saying we can't have guns as clowns or he's not allowed to have a gun because he's out of a state hospital. I, it could I have think, been both. I think he was saying that he personally was not allowed to have a gun. Well, I don't think they're allowed to carry guns, period. You're right. Because of what happens later on. You're right, but I thought that... It might, it might be because he was in a state... But you're right. That is hospital. probably... He took it as... He gave it to me at work. I must have to use this at work because he just doesn't comprehend that... Possibly. He's giving it to him for a different reason. Well, Possibly. We think. We think, so, yes. but, but no, the guy who played Randall, he was... The, I can't remember his name. On the first season of True Detective, he was the killer. Oh. And he was Mason Verger's personal attendant slash chef on Hannibal, the show. Oh, okay. Because I, I recognized him immediately. I'm like, where have I seen that guy? And it finally hit me. That's who he was. He was the one who was like telling Mason Verger how they were gonna how they were going to prepare Hannibal, you know. Hmm. Um so yeah, that was who that was. I recognized him almost immediately. Okay. So Obviously, Arthur is not having a good time of it. He, I'm trying, trying to remember. Like, like I said, I'm just going solely off of memory. Right. Here. Um. But yeah, has a gun now. Has a gun. And just we see him going home again. He gets in the elevator, and this woman ye- yells for him to hold the elevator, and it's. Um, I don't know how to say her name. Zazie Beats. Zazie Beats. Zazie Sophie. Beats as Sophie. Sophie. Which I do not remember them ever saying her name in this movie. I honestly don't. Might be right. 
Because by yeah. the end of the movie, I'm still like, what's her name? Does she have a name? Is she just love interest or something? Right. <laughs> but Sophie. So Sophie and her little girl, she's got a little girl, get on the elevator. He holds the door open for her. And she's really attractive. And says something about, I forget her little daughter was, was like repeating something over. Oh, she sounded like, don't you hate this building? Or don't you hate this building? Yeah, because the elevator like stops. The elevator almost stops for a second. Yeah. Yeah. And... And the little girl just keeps repeating that. Don't you hate this building? Don't you hate this building? And and Sophie mimics putting a gun to her head and pulling the trigger. And Arthur is just being his awkward he, self. Yeah, he does not staring. know how to react to this situation. He's not saying anything. He's just, he's just staring. staring at her. And then we see, you know, she goes down the hallway one yeah, way. Get off on the same down, floor. Get off on the same floor. And he goes down the other way. So the next day. Well, then he calls back to her. Hey. Oh, yeah, he calls back to her, and then he mimics putting a yeah, gun. But he does head. a lot more... I mean, he hangs his head over... Yeah, he, I mean, he's a lot more dramatic yeah. about it. And I, I'm, I'm, he really did say that part, right? Yeah, he did. Okay, because, you know... he did. Yeah, he just he, he just called her. I was like, hey, and then, then did okay. that, yeah. Um, so the next day, we see... Oh, wait, was, was this the scene where he was playing with the gun right after that? Remember, he was... He was no, playing, I remember when he was... But, uh, oh, and we didn't talk about this. When he was back and given the gun, mm-hmm. his boss calls him in there because the people from the furniture company oh, are right. saying they, that they he just want, didn't return they, the sign. They, they don't they buy the his back. story. Yeah. So they want the sign back and they're going to have to, te- or they're going to have to take it out of his pay. Right. So just, just one more, just one more nail in this guy's coffin here. You know, just what a terrible time he's having with life. He's got to repay them for the sign that these punk kids stole and broke over his face. So. But it's just one of those things. It starts to make you wonder, mm -hmm. did those kids really do that? I think they did. But it does make you wonder because he is, like we said, an unreliable narrator. He is an unreliable narrator. You're exactly right. So. Later, I think it was right after he got got off the elevator with Sophie. He is in his apartment his mom's in bed. He's sitting in the living room watching a movie, yep. and he's got the gun. Oh, and yes. He's playing with it. He's, like, just holding it and, like, cocking the hammer. Hey, I don't think he's even checked to see if it's loaded, no, obviously. I don't think so. He, so. And then he starts dancing. He's, like, holding the gun above his head and dancing, and he starts, like, having this conversation. He's like, oh, yeah, thanks. I'm a, thank you. I, I think I'm a great dancer, too. You, you are, too. And he's like, you know who's not? That guy, and he points the gun over at the wall and pulls the trigger and blows a hole in the wall. Yes. And his mom's, and then he immediately turns the TV up like, oh, mom, I'm watching a World War II movie. Now turn it down. Yeah. It's like, she's not going to notice a hole in the wall. I hope she doesn't. I'm going to say she doesn't. She probably doesn't. We'll, we find out later she probably doesn't notice little things like that. So the next day, we see Sophie is dropping her little girl off at school. And we see him watching her from yep. a distance. And he is straight up stalking this girl on the same train as her. Following her all the way to work. We find out she works at the bank. Yep. Was about to go inside and stops. He, she goes inside. He was about to follow her in, and then he stops. He, he stops and he leaves. And later on, she comes by his apartment and is like, hey, were you following me today? And like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just says it. Yeah, yeah. I was following you. And she's like, oh, I thought you were going to come in and rob the place. And he says, well, I have a gun. I can come back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. That was a great line. <clears throat> so, and then the next thing I remember, we, we, we may have missed things in here, but he is at a children's hospital. Yes. And they're singing, if you're happy and you know it, you know, clap your hands, wiggle your ears, whatever. When it gets to when you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet, he is getting a little too into it with this stomping and the gun falls out of his pants. Yes. Like I said, he enjoys his job. He really does. He really enjoys his job and drops a gun on the floor of a children's hospital, which he tries to play it off. as like, ooh, yeah, that's... And then later he's talking to his boss on the phone, like, oh, no, it's just a prop. It's part of my act. Because he's getting fired. Because he is getting fired from this job. And that's when he says, no, I really enjoy this job. Mm -hmm. But you can tell when he's in that, he does enjoy the job. He enjoys it when he's in the clown makeup. Yes. Yeah, when he's... And he's, you know, he's got the clown makeup and the wig and all that. The green hair wig. (laughs) Hint, hint. And, oh, another thing we forgot to mention earlier is he has this condition where he will start laughing 
even even when things aren't funny. He and and like he's on a bus. Yeah. And this lady's looking at him like, like what he's the just, hell he's is ma- wrong? He's making you? faces at her child. Yeah, her child was just staring at him, and then he starts making funny faces at and him. And the child starts laughing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Leave my kid alone." Yeah, and like, I'm like, "Stop bothering my kid." I was like, "Why, why are you gonna be so, like?" I have kids, and if I see someone do, I was like, "Oh, is he being funny?" Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't get rude about it. Mm-hmm. There's no reason. Well, now they really set up Gotham as a city that is in trouble. Like True. they keep mentioning this True. garbage workers strike that is going on, and you see, oh my, you you see it. You there see is garbage, garbage everywhere, bags everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. So they, I mean, I'm guessing they filmed this in New York. That's what Because it that's looks what like New York. Yeah. Like you could tell Dark Knight was filmed in Chicago and the, the Dark Knight Rises was filmed in New York. This looks like it's New York. So they must have got a lot of garbage around the place to just, you know, they probably just took it from one, from one neighborhood and dropped it in another <laughs> neighborhood where they were filming or something. So yeah, Gotham, there's just a lot of tension going on. There's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of almost social commentary of the haves versus the have-nots in this in this movie. But after he loses his and now he he says he whenever he starts laughing, she's yeah. like, "What the hell's wrong with you, the lady on the bus?" Yeah. And he actually hands her this card that says, "I have this condition where I laugh when things aren't funny. It's I can't control it. It's and and then on the back it says something about it's it's common in people who have had head trauma or or I think it's it's I couldn't yeah, read I the think, whole thing. Yeah, I couldn't it said either. something about head trauma. But I know it said return to the person. Yeah, please return to the person. Yeah. yeah. Um so he he's just lost his job and he is sitting on the train going home. There's no there's one other lady on the train car with him and he is still in full clown makeup. And these three guys in suits get on. They're drunk. One of them has a ba- has a bag of fries and is asking the lady yeah. sitting there, "You want some fries?" And you know, you brought up it reminds you of Patrick Bateman. Well, this reminded me of the other Wall Street douches from American Psycho as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, I got that vibe from them. Yep, yep, definitely. And they start like he he like starts like throwing potatoes or, or throwing um, fries fries at this lady, <laughs> and that's when he starts when, when Arthur starts laughing uncontrollably again, he's not even smiling as he's laughing. I nope. mean, he's got the smiling face paint on, right? but he himself is not actually smiling. And you know, the lady gets up and moves to another car and then the, the three douchebags are like, what's so funny, man What's so funny. So they start inexplicably beating the shit out of this guy for laughing. Yeah. For laughing. So we're, I mean, that, he covers his mouth. He's trying to stop. Yeah. It. He's trying to stop. You know, he, you can tell he doesn't want to be doing mm-hmm. it. So while he, I mean, he's on the ground and they are kicking him just like the kids earlier in the movie were kicking yep. him while he's on the ground. And this is where this movie really earns its R rating. Yes. <laughs> Cause out of nowhere you hear boom. Yep. And, just see this huge splat of blood yep. behind one of these guys and then he shoots another one boom boom and then one of the, the third guy runs and he shoots him in the leg before he can get off yeah oh, it looked like the ass it, it, it might have been the ass it, it looked he, like he was holding his ass he looked like he was, he was, running he was holding later. something on yeah. his leg or his ass yeah. well, i'm not sure yeah. what it was it just reminded me of uh denzel and training day you shot me in the ass <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he gets off that part I found hard to believe. You get off in this busy city. I realize it's probably late. Yeah, it's late at night, but supposedly there's like nobody no else one? on this train. No one. Nobody else on this platform. In this we know there was at least one more person on that train. Yeah. And when and when he goes when the, when the guy he shoots he goes running into another car and there's other people in that car, but there's just no one in the car that he was in. Right. So he's like, so Arthur's just waiting for him to get off the train, and then. This was one of the places where I had to suspend disbelief because this guy's hobbling away from him. He, they both get out on the same one and the guy's trying to run up the stairs and Arthur shoots him like another four times. He's gotten like 10 shots out of a five shot revolver. That always irritates me in movies. When <laughs> Did they go too many shots? Because I actually yeah. thought they did a good job because he did run out. Whereas well, he did run times... out eventually, but that was after getting like nine shots. And I didn't. I don't think he took time to reload. No, I know he didn't reload. I, just, I didn't count exactly, but because mm-hmm. he only took one shot on the other two people. Or two no, shots. No, he took, he took one shot on one guy. I think yeah. he got him in the head and took two shots on the other guy. Okay. Um, from there... You know, he sees this dead guy that he's just killed laying on these on these steps and just kind of like realizes then, what he's done. And, and there's just, no one around. Yeah, nobody around. Just, but but now he's in full clown makeup. 
Yes. So he's got a there, there. There's at least a good explanation of why nobody can pin it on exactly who it was. That part is true. I just can't believe there's no one there. Yeah. So he goes running away, finds a bathroom somewhere, some crappy little bathroom, and at first is just like freaking out. But then the camera pans down to his feet, and he like starts dancing, like ballroom dancing, yeah. almost like he does a lot of dancing. He does a in lot of movie. that in this movie. And as we just saw from the Joaquin Phoenix interview from Jimmy <laughs> Kimmel, he 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 did a lot of dancing when he was a kid, so that may have had something to do with this. So it's like it's like he is finally stood up for himself, although be it in an ultra violent way. Yeah. In a <laughs> yes. super unethical way. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day he is just like full of life and pep and just got a spring in his step. I realized that rhymed. I did not mean to do that. <laughs> I'm a poet and didn't know it. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, he's just having a great day. Oh, no way. Before that even happens, we see him coming home. <clears throat> and instead of going to his apartment, he goes to Sophie's apartment, knocks on the door. Full clown makeup. Full clown makeup still. He's probably still got some blood on his face somewhere. And just takes her in his arms and kisses her. Yeah. And then closes the door. Now, the next day, obviously, he's just feeling great. He's going... I forget where he's going from here because he doesn't have a job now. No, I, I'm trying to remember where he was going as well. Where is he going? I don't remember. I mean, I think... Did he... Did he go back to his therapist? I can't remember. But somewhere along the way, I th- oh maybe it was his his mom left the she his mom has been writing letters to Thomas Wayne because she used to work for the Wayne family and she believes that Thomas Wayne will help her help them in their current financial state. And eventually, she writes a letter that he actually opens. She's like going to bed and he opens the letter and reads that he is Thomas Wayne's son. That is what his mom is writing to him, and that kind of sends him off the deep end all of a sudden. She claims that she and Thomas Wayne had a fling, and that's why she had to stop working for him. And so he, he goes to Wayne Manor to talk to Thomas Wayne and sees this little boy playing on the playground. And, of course, you instantly know that's Bruce. Yes. And before you get there, though, you get the you get like the press conference with Thomas Wayne. Oh yeah, where yeah. he calls they the, talking about the the killings. Yeah, and he he calls the he calls the city a city of clowns, mm-hmm. and that he's gonna make it better by running for mayor. Now this they they really <clears throat> made Thomas Wayne into a dick in this. They movie. really he was did. A real asshole. They really which, did. Everything we've seen so far shows that he's not. Right. Now this just might again come from us having an unreal an un un uh, reliable narrator. It could be. But yeah, he calls the city a city of clowns. Mm-hmm. You got some people obviously that are saying that what he did was good, right? Because they're thinking that he's like that. Whoever killed these three Wall Street guys is like did a declaring to the city. war yeah, yeah. on the upper class, right? Declaring war on the rich. So it's a classic, you know, eat the rich, kill the rich kind of a thing. People, people start to rally around this mysterious clown killer. They I mean, they don't they don't even know if he was wearing clown makeup or he was wearing no, a clown mask. No, because like the report says he's a clown mask, mm-hmm. even though we know he was wearing the he makeup. He was wearing the makeup. With, a, I guess, the skull cap mm-hmm. that has the green hair poofs on the side or whatever. Yeah. So he has accidentally started, like, a movement that does not at all stay nice. <laughs> a new... Because all these people now are wearing clown masks and dressing up as clowns and, like, picketing City Hall and protesting, you know, just saying, like, fuck Thomas Wayne, fuck the rich. Yep. And it's all because of him. So he's, like, eventually I think he and Sophie go on a date. Oh, yeah, they go to a comedy club. Where he does his stand-up. Where he does his stand-up. This this was the same comedy club that he was at earlier where we see him, who's and he's, like, taking notes on this comic that is standing up there. Oh yeah. Saying um, sexy always equals funny. Yes, yeah, sexy jokes because, always equal funny apparently. And I don't know if you pay I don't know if you know this, but the comedy club was called Pogo's. Uh-huh. Which is the name John Wayne Gacy used to say he was Pogo the clown. Oh. So they made that name into the comedy club. That is creepy. <laughs> that is exceptionally creepy. So 
when just when everything you know he actually goes up on stage when he takes Sophie there. He invites her to his show and he goes up on stage. And she goes. And she goes. She's it's there. It's nighttime. Mm-hmm. She, I don't know where her kid is. Yeah. Maybe she's got a sitter. <laughs> and he gets up to the gets up on stage and just starts laughing uncontrollably like he does. He like can't even get through any of his jokes because nope. he can't stop laughing. Nope. But then from there he's leaving and he's got Sophie with him and he's you know he sees newspapers with. But Snoop. eventually he makes him start laughing because then it's, yeah eventually once he gets over that first laughing fit he's able to he gets through one joke and then you then you get the feeling that, that he, it that goes better, better the rest yeah. of the way yeah the, the music kind of fades in and, and you see Sophie smiling out in mm-hmm. the audience and mm-hmm. it just feels like it goes better after right that. right. And you see them walking together down the street, and he sees newspaper stands with newspapers about the clown killing, which he knows is him. Yes. And <laughs> they're they're having a di- they're having a having dinner at a diner somewhere, and just looks like things are going very well for him. And I think that's when he found the letter from his mo- that his mom was supposed to send to Thomas Wayne. And he have the detectives it. already shown up? I think the detectives have already shown up, haven't they? Yeah, they had. They showed up. Well, no way. The detective didn't show up until later. I think after he found the letter. Yeah, after he found the letter. Okay, because I thought they had already questioned him about uh, the whole murder thing, where he was. And no, stuff like that, that happened a bit later. Okay. Um, it was actually when he went to. I think was it was it when he went to was it when he went to Wayne Manor. He came back and there was an ambulance outside his house. I believe that was it. Okay. He went to Wayne Manor to try and talk to them, and and Alfred's there. Because yeah. he sees him, like, reaching through the gate. And for stars like Bruce Wayne, this little kid Bruce Wayne is far too trusting because he lets Arthur, like, put his hands through this barred gate and, like, put his fingers in his mouth and make yeah. him smile. It's like, what kid would sit still yeah. for that? Mm-mm. And then he talks to Alfred, and Alfred is the one who tells him that your, that your mother is sick. Your mother is mentally ill. Which we've kind of gotten this vibe already because she seems to... You know, it's been like 30 years. knew something's years. up. Yeah, you knew something's up. It's been 30 years since she worked for the, for, for the Wayne family. She thinks that they're going to remember her, which apparently they do, but not in a good way. Right. <laughs> so he sees that, that... I think he comes home from that experience, and there's an ambulance outside his home. And his mother is being loaded into this ambulance. She has had a stroke. And that's when he's sitting outside the hospital. That's when the two cops come up and start talking to him. Okay. Because they're like, yeah, you saw you had you, you had a gun? Why did you have a gun? And he's like, because it's part of my act, you know? Yeah. And so he's, of course, you know, brushing the cops off, trying to, trying to appear innocent. I'm not even sure how they got to... I mean, I guess they could have like looked or looked at people, looked around for people who were hired clowns or worked. They probably as clowns. did when they heard that they were mm-hmm. wearing a clown mask. Right, right. And I think from there is when he goes to Arkham, Arkham State Hospital, to find his mother's hospital records. Has he already been? Has he already been sitting in the hospital with his mom? Yeah, he's yeah right. We saw him sitting in the hospital room with Sophie. With Sophie Sophie again, was there because at this point I'm going. Where has this kid gone? <laughs> you know? I'm like, no, she is a single mom. At least that's how they paint her out to be. Uh-huh. That has to have her kid. And all of a sudden, the kid's never around. Yep, the kid's never around when she's there. So that stood out to me. Yeah. So I started wondering. So he goes to Arkham and finds his mother's records. <clears throat> finds out she's not even his real mother. She He was adopted. adopted. She allowed her husband to abuse him. They said at one point they found him chained to the radiator in the house with bruises all over his body. And this was just like the final straw. He goes back to his mother's hospital room and smothers her with a pillow. Yep. (laughs) And I believe it's from there he goes home and walks into Penny's apartment, or not Penny, um, damn it, the girl, Sophie, Sophie, Sophie. thank you, sorry, yes. Penny was his mother's name, Penny, yes. Penny, Penny Fleck, yes, yes, because he said, I ha- I've always hated that name, right before he smothers her with a pillow, so he goes into Sophie's apartment, 
And he walks in. The door is just unlocked. He doesn't have to knock. He just turns the knob and walks in. And you can hear Sophie is putting her little girl to bed. And he just sits down on the couch and is watching the TV that's already on. And Sophie comes back into the living room and is immediately freaked out to see him there. Like, she's not even sure she's got his name. Or she's right, like, right. She's like, your she's like, you're, you're in the wrong apartment. You, you live down the street. You're, 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 you're Arthur, aren't you? Yeah. I need you to leave. I need you to leave right now. And that's when we get flashbacks of all these scenes that she has supposedly been in, but she wasn't really there. Right. You, you hit the nail on the head when you said unreliable narrator. Now, has he already watched the uh, Murray Franklin show where he puts the video oh, clip right. of him? Oh, right, no, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, <clears throat> Murray Franklin, his idol, puts up a video of him doing stand-up. Someone had recorded Someone that stand-up in the 80s, which mm-hmm. I don't know how often that was at yeah. these small comedy clubs. Very but small, yeah. Possibly. But put this video up on his show and was making fun of him. It's where he calls him a joker. Calls him a joker, yeah. Yeah. He is obviously crushed that his his idol would make fun of him like that. So after he has killed his mother and we find out that you know he that his, his supposed love life is not even real. Nope. That's when he's just kind of done. Like at, at one I think he was trying to kill himself at one point cuz he took all of the drawers and everything out of the refrigerator and closed and climbed, the door in climbed, on him. Yes. Climbed into the climbed refrigerator. Climbed into the refrigerator. Um, but he gets a call from this lady who says she works with Maury and wants to, and he wants him on the show because his bit got a lot of response. Wants him on his show. Yep. So he's getting ready to go on this show. He's doing full makeup. And then he, he gets, dyes his hair green. He dyes his hair green. He's got his white face paint on. He hasn't done all the makeup yet, but then he gets a visit from his two friends, the guy who gave him the gun. And, oh, we forgot to mention the, the, the dwarf, this British yeah. <laughs> dwarf who works at the at the clown company as well. And before he even goes to open the door, he puts a pair of scissors in his pocket. So you know something's about to happen. Because you expect it to be the cops. Right. You expect it to be the two detectives, but no, it's these two guys from work. Because they have also called, mm-hmm. and called he just and he he lets answer. every phone call go to the answer machine. Mm-hmm. Just when that girl called, he ended up picking up because of who it was. It, yeah, for, for Maury. But also when he paints his face, he paints his tongue. Yeah, yeah. He's like tasting the paint or something. I was like, oof. In case you haven't figured it out by this point in the movie, this guy is not right in the head. Right. We find out, you know, he has been abused, so that's where he gets his his uh, head injury from and his in- incontrollable laughing. So he answers the door, and there is Randall, the big guy, that gave him the gun and then claimed that he tried to buy it from him when, when his boss was asking about him. You yeah. Remember that part? Yeah. And he and and the 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 British dwarf I can't remember his I name. I don't remember his name either. But they, he he invites them in, and they're just kind of like, so we uh, we just wanted to check on you and see how things were going. The cops came around the place asking for you, and 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 he's tr- you know they're trying to kind of like, so you're not gonna like, especially Randall. Randall's like, you're not gonna turn me in for giving you the gun, are you? Oh, <laughs> and Randall has this line. He's like, yeah, they're questioning all the clowns around here, and the little dwarf guy goes. They didn't question me. He's like, well, they're looking for a full-size man. <laughs> yeah, they keep giving this little dwarf shit for being a dwarf. Just kind of kind of horrible. And, and since it takes place in the 80s, yes, they call him Midget constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you can say that anymore. No, it's not <laughs> correct. So, um, while this guy is talking, Arthur just pulls this pair of scissors out of his pants and stabs him in the neck. Blood everywhere. Then he proceeds to slam his head into the door knobs, into the door jam several yeah, times. Several. And the little the little dwarf is going, "Oh my god! Oh my god, Arthur! Why did you do that?" And this is probably the darkest comedy you get from this movie, where like the guy has to walk past Arthur to get to the door, and he's like, and, and Arthur's just like, "You can go, man. You can go. I'm not gonna hurt you." Oh, and what we didn't mention is when he closed the door, he had chained the yeah, door. Yeah, he chained at the, top. the door shut. Yeah, he chained the top <laughs> he had lock. The chain lock, yes. And uh. <laughs> so. when, when the when the dwarf walks by and he like kind of jumps out i'm like ah and the <laughs> poor guy just about pisses himself oh, running yeah. away so like that's one of those things you feel terrible for laughing at because then the guy's trying to get the door unlocked and you can't, he can't reach the latch so he so he finally just 
He's like, Arthur, can, can you undo the latch for me? <laughs> yeah, and Arthur tells the guy, he's like, you're the only one that ever actually liked me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to do anything to you. Yeah. So after that, Arthur goes back to getting ready. Now he's full now makeup. Now he, he has completed the, transla- the transition, the transformation into the Joker. And his makeup looks like the clown mask that everybody in the city had been wearing. Yes. It's very reminiscent of what he was wearing the night he killed those guys. So and he's and this was an odd choice of music for this particular scene. I can't even remember the name of the song, but it's always associated with footballs. Like da 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 da. Yeah, that's like uh, basically it's like stadium anthems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, stadium anthem. And now we see such a contrast because like up until this point, you've seen several shots of him just trudging up these stairs at night in the dark, all defeated and dejected looking. But now he is dancing down these steps in broad daylight in full Joker makeup. And as he is dancing down this, down these stairs, you see two people at the top and it turns out to be the cops and they yep. call his name and he doesn't even stop to talk. To him. He just runs runs. So thereafter and he gets, he runs, like you said, he runs a lot. He gets hit by a car. Yes. <laughs> this scene, yes. And they both manage to get on a train and this, then there's a, Apparently some kind of a big protest going on today. All these people downtown are dressing up as clowns outside of, I guess it's outside of City Hall or something. So there are people in clown makeup and clown masks everywhere, especially on this train. So he's able to get on this train. The cops get on the train behind him and they're trying to chase him through the cars. And one, and they, this, this was unbelievable because in a train full of civilians, they both pull their guns out. Which turns out to be a bad idea. Absolutely. Because they're trying to get to Arthur, and they have their guns out, and one of the guys, one of the clowns, one of the random citizens, tries to wrestle the gun away from one of them and ends up getting shot. Yep. So obviously the people are not happy now. So these cops are pretty much put in intensive care. (laughs) And next we see Arthur in the dressing room, at the studio where they, where he's going to be on on um, on Maury's show, and he gets a visit from Maury, and you and I both recognize the gentleman that was with him, Mark Marin. Mark Marin from, from Glow. From Glow, because he, he looks the same in this movie as he does in Glow. He's I think he's even got the same glasses on and everything. <laughs> it's like he it's like he probably just left from shooting Glow that day and went over and started shooting. Yeah, because like, he's got very little. It didn't take long to film his scenes. Yeah, didn't. Yeah, he's got, so, but, but we, but we both. I love oh, that I, when that happens when you when you recognize somebody who's like a big role in something else and just suddenly shows up for just a yeah. minute. Well, I recognize one of the detectives is Shea Wiggum. Shea Wiggum. Yeah, he's been in. As he's one of those people you see in a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. it's not like he. I don't think he's ever the star. He was in well, like like character actors. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was in like uh, Agent Carter. I think he was in Fury. Fury with um, Brad, Pitt. Brad Pitt. I think so. Really? I think he was. I have to look that up. I know I recognized him. I don't know for sure he's in that, but Detective Garrity. Okay, yeah, I didn't remember his name. I knew he was one of the detectives. Um. Well, he was in Molly's Game. He was in I Red Sparrow. That. He was in Vice. I did see Vice. Uh, don't see anything about Fury. When did Fury come out? I don't know. Maybe he wasn't in Fury. But... Oh, he was in Black Mass. I did see that. He was in Birdman. Huh. I knew he'd been in a lot. He has been in a lot. He's been in Lawless. Been in a lot that I, that I watched. He's in Public Enemies? Because I recognized him, but huh, maybe... Interesting. But anyways, so... Murray, you see, he's in full clown makeup. So the guy who, the guy from Glow, thinks that he's trying to make some kind of a political statement. Right. But but <laughs> Arthur's like, no, I don't believe in anything. I don't believe in anything. <laughs> and now they're recording the show. He comes out. This is where he says, "Can you introduce me as Joker?" Yeah, he's like, "When when when you introduce me, can you introduce me as Joker?" I'm like, okay. And he's like, "That's what you called me." Yeah, it's like so, that's I what mean, you called me when you were when you showed my video, and he and, and Murray's like, did I did I really call him that? I don't remember. Oh well, so yeah, <laughs> he comes out, and and again is dancing like Frank Sinatra, 
style, or not maybe not Frank Sinatra. I don't know if Frank Sinatra was a dancer, but uh, Fred Astaire, you know. So he's come up with his own thing, because at one point we didn't mention, he was watching the show, watching some famous actor come out. Oh, right, right, And he right. was mimicking how he would come out when he was on the show. Right, he was like practicing his, his wave and everything, mm-hmm. but now he's got his own thing. Yeah, now he comes out <clears throat> and is dancing and goes over to, uh, the, the previous guest was some old lady, some doctor, and he kisses her full on the mouth. <laughs> yep. And... We also saw earlier that when he was practicing that entrance, he was practicing killing himself. Yes. Because he was saying, hey, Maury, you want to hear a joke? Knock, knock. Who's there? And then he pulled a gun out. Yeah. And obviously it wasn't loaded this time, but pulled a gun out under his chin and pulled the trigger. (laughs) Yes. So we figure he he is going to kill himself on TV. But he starts... He, he, he goes up and he, he confesses to the murders, to the clown murders on TV. And, you know, talking about how these guys, these three assholes got, all, got Thomas Wayne crying over them because they worked for Wayne Enterprises. Yeah. In fact, that's his not-not joke on this time. Oh, is it? Remember, he tells you, you want to tell a joke? And, of course, he pulls out his book. So, yeah. of course, Murray's making fun of him for having uh-huh. to pull out a book. And he finally goes, knock-knock. He's like, you really needed a book for that? Yeah. But then he's like, finally says who's there, and he says, I'm the guy who killed those three guys on the on the bus, uh-huh. or on the train. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, everybody's kind of like, whoa, what the hell's going on? Is he is he serious? Yeah, like Mark Maron's character's telling him to cut it, but Murray mm-hmm. wants to keep going. Yeah, Murray wants to keep going. Because this makes for great live TV, because mm-hmm. this is live with Murray Franklin. Oh, that's right, it was it live. It says live with Murray Franklin, yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> he starts into this tirade about how you know, you step over people like me every single day and you don't even see me. Like, if I was bleeding to death in the streets, I wouldn't get a, a sad message from Thomas Wayne. I wouldn't get anybody caring about me. Yeah, because before he did this, we didn't even talk about him going back to that social worker lady, the therapist lady. Oh, right, and, right. And she's like, we have to stop because they're cutting our funding. She's like, And he, this is where he says, you don't care about me. You don't listen to me. You ask me if I have negative thoughts every week. All I have are negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. You don't care. And she's like, yeah, they're cutting our funding. They don't care about people like you. Mm-hmm. Hell, they don't care about people like me, Arthur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is, again, very much the downtrodden s- tragedy, except except whenever he was, I forgot to mention this, but when he was, uh, when he was smothering his mom to death, he's used to said, I used, he said, I used to think my life was a tragedy, but now I realize it's a fucking comedy. Which was another line that was in the trailer. Oh, that line was in the trailer? Well, the fucking part. Right? I know that, but I mean... He's like, yeah, I used to think my life was a tra- tragedy. Now comedy. I realize it's a comedy. Wow. So he's just letting it all out. He's like, everything that is in his head and every pain that is in his heart just comes pouring out on live TV. And finally says, Hey, Maury, what do you get when you cross a... And he goes into like mentally ill... Gives this, basically gives a description of himself. Right. And at the end, he says, you get what you fucking deserve. And he just blows Boom. Mari away. Puts one right through his head. I didn't think and he was going to do that. I didn't. I, I figured he would. You I did? He would. I didn't. I didn't think he was going to do that. So. Just boom. Blows him away. So people are running and screaming. And he's just kind of sitting there. Kind of like admiring his work. And then he stands up. And like shoots him again, you yep. know, that it was already dead. And then he like puts the gun on the on the desk and he walks up to the camera that's yep. there. And we forgot to mention this, but Maury had this line at the end of every one of his shows where he just goes, That's life. Yeah, because you hear that song quite hear, a few yeah, times in the I movie. guarantee you by by the end of this weekend, that song is gonna be like number one on iTunes. <laughs> that's life by Frank Sinatra. <laughs> so just as he, and then he steps up to the camera, and just as he is about to say, that's life, it cuts to, like, the the, the waiting screen, which to look very familiar, because that, that was the label for our very first episode, the, the old test screen. Yep. And then you, the camera pulls back from that, and you see all these other TVs, like, in this studio room that are showing the news reports of what has happened. So the entire city is just exploding right now. People are rioting. People are burning shit. He's in the back of a police car looking out the window with just this 
and that, goofy that grin had on his face. Very Dark Knight look. Yes, it when did. he was riding. Yeah, that well, that camera angle too. Yeah, him in yeah. the car. It, it was very reminiscent of, of you know Heath Ledger steering the car from the back. Right. You know, like he was. And one of the cops is like, "What the hell are you smiling at? This is all your fault." And he's just like, "Yeah, isn't it beautiful?" <laughs> and then this ambulance crashes into this cop car, just boom, T-bones it. I don't know how fast it was going, but it was going fast. Yeah. And I figured at first I was like, are, "Is someone trying to break him out?" But it's like, "No, he's not the Joker yet. He's he's just some guy." But then this dude in a clown mask gets out of the out of the ambulance and looks in the car and is like, "Holy shit, it's him." <laughs> so they pull him out of the car and like lay him on the hood. Yep. Almost like a crucifix. <clears throat> And, oh, by this point, we get shots of Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne and little Bruce Wayne leaving the theater. And, again, why do they not have bodyguards? If they're that rich, then they were going anywhere. Shouldn't they have bodyguards? Yeah. Yeah. But you, you finally see what's happening here. Like, it's the almost like the genesis of two characters. Like, it's the beginning of the Joker, and it's also the beginning of Batman. Because you know what's going to happen as soon as you see them walk down the alley. They're going to die. They're going to leave Bruce behind. He's going to become Batman. Now, the reason I don't think that this Joker would work with Batman is because it's the age difference. Like, it's huge. It's a huge age difference. I mean, I don't know how old Arthur oh, Fleck we, was supposed to be. Oh, we didn't mention that before he killed his mom, he confronted Thomas Wayne. Oh, yeah, yeah. At the opera. Did, at the uh, opera. At, yeah. at some, some fundraiser, he sneaks in and actually confronts Thomas Wayne, and Thomas Wayne punches him. Yeah. <laughs> like, they re- like I said, they really make Thomas Wayne into an asshole in this movie. So, anyways, back to everything is burning, and he, like stands up on this cop car and there are all these people around him in clown masks and it's like he's their new leader and he does the creepiest fucking thing i got chills when i saw this he like he's bleeding from the from the car wreck and he like puts his fingers in his mouth and sees that he's bleeding and then he puts all of his fingers in his mouth and redraws his smile paint in blood and just standing there like (laughs) soaking in all of this love and admiration from these people and then from there, and this was one of the things that made me question the whole movie, it cuts to him in a white, white state hospital gown or uniform. He's handcuffed. He's sitting at a table talking to a different social worker who's also black. She's younger. And he's laughing. And she asks him what's so funny, and he goes, you wouldn't get it. And then we get this shot, the last shot of the movie is looking down this hallway in this insane asylum. And he comes out the door and his feet, his white shoes are leaving blood, bloody footprints as that's life plays. Yep. So it's like, was this whole thing something in his head? Was this whole movie something in his head? Yeah. We don't know. Oh, but you do get that funny scene where he gets to the end of the hallway. Oh, yeah, he gets he to the end of the hallway, <laughs> and he takes a turn, and then he comes bolting back across. And this is all happening in slow motion. He's yeah. running across, and one of the orderlies is chasing him. And then he comes running back across, and the order- orderlies chase like Benny Hill. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you're right. It makes you question, like, is he back in the institution? Yeah. Or has he never has he gotten never out? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Like I, I, I wasn't sure if this wasn't like a flashback because you saw earlier in the movie you saw a scene of him in a in a white insane asylum. Yes. So, so unreliable narrator. Unreliable narrator. But God Almighty, this was a good movie. Oh, very good. Very disturbing. Very disturbing. Joaquin Phoenix better get some award recognition. I know that. Yeah, yeah, that. He, he deserves <laughs> it. Now I just want to know, like, did playing the Joker take the psychological effect on him that it did on? Heath Ledger. Well, based on that interview we saw, I don't think so. I don't think so either. He's a different kind of he person. Is. He is. He's not. He's not normal. <laughs> um, I mean, like he left the spotlight for years and did like that documentary where they followed him around. Uh huh. And that's when he came back. I think it's called like I'm that. still. I didn't watch it, but I remember hearing about. It. I think it's called I'm Still Here. Huh. Like yeah, like he was just gone for a while, and then he let him do a documentary on his life. So he's more like he's like a more palatable Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> he's not as outwardly crazy as Shia LaBeouf is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my God, that's Joker, and that is the best DC movie we've had in a long time. 
I mean, and, and again, I don't even like calling this a comic book movie. Yeah, I don't either. I don't. This movie could have been called Arthur. It could, yeah, it could have been called, yeah, or, or, Fleck, or Fleck or something like that. Or You know, I mean, yeah, you wouldn't want to confuse it with that old movie, the Arthur movie. That oh, comedy yeah, with, like, yeah, Dudley Moore with or whatever. Dudley Moore, yeah. <laughs> or then the remake with uh, Russell uh, Brand. Russell Brand, yeah. <laughs> yeah would I not didn't wanna... see that, but yeah. I, saw, I, saw, I haven't seen the original. I saw the remake. I thought it was okay. I thought it was funny. Um, but yes, easily one of, if not the best movie I have seen this year. It is up there. I, I like other than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I can't think of a movie I've seen in theaters that comes close to being this good. Can you? I mean, I I think I liked Midsommar and Us. Okay, a yeah, lot Midsommar more than you. and Us. I yeah, I forgot I forgot that Us came out this year. <clears throat> but still, that's only four movies. Oh no, you, I agree. I agree. Trust me. <laughs> so that wraps up this blind spot bonus. This review of Joker. If you made it this far, give us a subscribe, give us a review. Follow us on all the Follow socials. Follow us on all the socials. We're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, all that jazz. We really enjoy doing these. They're just fun to sit and talk about movies and record them. But yeah. until next time, I'm Adam. And I'm Josh. And whether you are in your car or in your theater, always check your blind spots. You guys take care. We'll see you next time.